Welcome back to the last midweek episode before the finale, everybody. Hannah, where do you want to start? In the second rewatch, it was so much more apparent to me that this conflict was not just an insular conflict anymore. And obviously that is the case because Aegon is being crowned king. So now we've got the realm involved in their back and forth behind closed doors drama. But I just felt like through the entirety of this episode, something I wasn't even really picking up on or thinking about on Sunday was now this back and forth family issue is the problem of an entire nation. And as all the people are kind of listening and, and grumbling a little or talking to each other or whispering or in the dragon pit, in the dragon pit okay. whatever the sounds people are making. We don't really know their thoughts in particular other than them cheering for one Aiken. guy looked really bored at, at one point. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I'm sure there was a, yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of uh, mixed emotions throughout the crowd. But I just was struck by the fact that I was like Otto was up there with this big booming voice and telling announcing this whole thing to everybody and Kristen Cole is this is your king. He he's slipped, the true he king. He slipped that in there. He's a little too hype. Like, he's very intense. He's mm-hmm. like, yes, for He kind of killed the vibe for the crowd a little bit. <laughs> the, everyone was really buying Otto there for a they second. They really were. They were, yeah. Because he has a strong, powerful presence, and, and he was has this little half smile, and he's just... He was, when the he camera was went back to his well. face, and he was pleased. He did a really good job, After you know? the first big applause, he's right. like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was really interesting and cool to finally see and feel like the kingdom that everybody's been talking about the realm we do this for the realm yeah. was finally in play and was finally i think that's how Egan felt too once he heard all of them cheering back at him sure how could you intoxicating not intoxicating noise he's like wait a second i know <laughs> see that's the thing it all just seems not very official especially if you're on the ground floor at their level being the princess knowing how be bullshit your parents are and everyone around them how inconsistent everyone is especially having these huge family dramas that they've had and he's friends with someone like the White Worm, and he's sneaking out into town, and he's getting away with doing really horrible stuff that other people don't get to do. And he's having a really strained and painful relationship with his parents, mainly his father, it seems like, mm-hmm. uh, for his entire life. And he tries to sneak away, and he gets taken literally in a carriage to this place to get this thing done. And it all feels like it's not worth taking seriously. Mm-hmm. Just because it's fancy, it's still your car. So, but the carriage in some places looks a little old. Like there's little marks that they made and they've seen stay there over time. All the mystery surrounding what kind of people might be on the dais that those townspeople are feeling. Thinking when they hear something like Otto saying that Viserys whispered this right before he died, there's parts of them that believe that maybe these people are magical enough where that something like this could happen. Of course. And whenever they look so good and everything's perfectly in line and this is the surrounding of the spectacle then what you say and the impression that you're putting off is kind of impressive so it'll it'll help carry the rest of the point that you're trying to make even if it's slightly magical that's what church is right Mm -hmm. all the way to the finish line uh it doesn't work on him because of all the reasons that we talked about before but what does work on him is whenever that crowd starts cheering back at him and it was just like you on the second rewatch you're like yeah wait a second allison's not the queen anymore and Aegon in this story is of age mm-hmm. and this is a genuine transfer of power it's a genuine transfer of power as much as allison would like to say like she was saying to Rainies, we could be the ones leading in the background softly Better than not losing, better than losing power to Rhaenyra, who I just don't want her kids to get it out of their mind, get it. None of it 
clicked, made any sense, convinced him, brought him to the point where he would buy into it and start working at it, kind of like his brother is, until he heard that come mm-hmm. back from mm-hmm. the crowd. And that kind of ground level stuff is obviously difficult to get from hot from uh, Fire and Blood because of the way that it's written specifically. But I would argue, also argue that there's points in legit novels that find it difficult to translate what these wordless looks have been doing all season in Hot D. Completely. It's a it's a brandishment of cinema. It's not a Hot D specific thing, but Cinema Nerds, it seems like, has has made this. And so we're getting all that juicy stuff. And they're approaching each of these episodes like little movies. And uh, it must be so cool to be able to do that with different sets of actors each time so you can almost play with different ideas, like different concepts potentially because you're using brand new types of people. Well, all the Conqueror's accoutrements really worked worked out for him. The Conqueror's crown is... Aegon, OG Aegon's crown is so legit. It's hard, I love that crown. It is so nice. And especially compared to Viserys' little soft and rounded crown and gold, Mm -hmm. the Conqueror's crown is forged with hammers. It feels very intense. I really liked it. But you make such a good point about... I mean, Aegon has his mom in his ear the whole time and he doesn't even listen how old were you when you were when you're 16 and your mom's telling you something that's supposed to be really special and you're like mom you pulled me from a night out i don't want to do this and Hmm. now you're telling me that my dad actually thought i ruled when i was living with him for the last you know Mm -hmm. my whole entire life yeah 20 years to pull me into this whole thing he never had a That's combo part of the reason why it doesn't make sense to him. That's why he's not buying into it's it. It's so awesome that he doesn't buy into it. When well, his, why when would Allison you when you weren't him. really included for the last 20 years? Exactly. It makes absolutely no sense. She's being so earnest and he's just like, he's slumped over. I was thinking about when you said on the last episode, you're like, this is how he wants to show up. <laughs> this is the vibe he wants to portray. Mm-hmm. He's slumped over. He doesn't want to do it. That's his hair. That's the hair he wants. That's the hair that he wants and he doesn't even like fix under his eyes you know he's he's just he's going with what the bare minimum i wonder if that changes he was standing up there and he's got his arms in the air he's like okay see that little buckle on his glove (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) so i am uh i'm looking forward to watching him buy into the whole thing as well that's got to be a difficult i mean he's he hasn't been in small council meetings he doesn't he's not seeing how everything is made he's only watching from the outside from literally the outside if he's out traipsing around as much as we're supposed to believe that he is and so mm-hmm. i just that transition was really powerful for me and watching the people of king's landing even when we were out looking for him marching around flea bottom i mean i loved that we were finally able to draw in this extra character mm-hmm. to the episode to the narrative i agree Rainey's at the end just uh, embodying all of the Targaryen spirit that we wanted to see depicted in a TV series. I would say that's probably the first time it's been done that good. I really loved a lot with Amelia. Daenerys ruled in a lot of scenes in Game of Thrones. Completely. But this was, uh, there was no, it's easy to make it sort of campy or cheesy if someone that doesn't look super athletic is on the top of a dragon. Because it's like, how do they get up there? It's it's like, they, they do it in, I want to say stuff like Star Wars. Someone that awkwardly isn't as powerful as they are doing something that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And we like them because of certain reasons that we kind of feel sorry for them a little bit where we want them to do really good. So we're like, yeah, well, there was none of that with this portrayal of Rainey's. I mean, she just felt, she feels sneakily, just she's kind of creepy. 
And that's what we need out of a Targaryen. That little t- twist, that little turn at the end of her conversation with Alicent when she was like, have you ever pictured yourself yes. on the Iron Throne? Yeah. That's the, that, or that's the Rainies that, uh, that was on that the, the back of Melee's and the, whose dragon roared so insanely. I love that sound design was the climax of this episode. You have to turn down your TV. The amount of layers that Paula Fairfield put into that dragon war, probably like 180, but now that Apple's running on their own silicon, she probably went up to like 500 layers. <laughs> yeah. She's on the HBO money, so she, you know she got that, that got some details. computer in the studio replaced. No, it sounded insane. Melee's was insane, and we talked about it on Sunday night, but I'm going to say it again. It just it hits so hard. And the hardness that it hits is exactly the hardness that I'm I'm wanting to be hit when we're adapting fantasy books for television shows. Mm -hmm. And the actress that they got is making sense in that role on the back of that dragon. Completely. Hands down. And when the I feel like I need a list of all the actors' names, by the way. I'm going to be better moving forward. On the last episode of the season (laughs) and for all the episodes in between, I'm going to do a better job at that. It makes... Especially when you're in these big impact moments, you need to be bought into the whole thing. I also loved Allison's essentially giving up. And I can't remember if she was, I don't think she was crying, but she was like bowing her head. She's like, we're about to get burned alive. She kind of gives in to the what she feels like is the inevitable of Mm. what Rainey's is doing because the presence was just, I know a lot of people... I know a lot just happened in that moment of impact. A lot of people got hurt. A lot of people got hurt. Mm. And this was unexpected, and so it's a shock. But I think even for the people up on the dais, it was a huge flex. And I saw a lot of people this week, or some people this week, saying, why didn't she just burn them? She had the opportunity. (laughs) How come she didn't? Daenerys would have done it. Daenerys would have done it kind of thing, which I thought was a really interesting comparison because— we don't really know whether she would or not, but I, I saw a lot about that. Seems and I on think, Twitter. Yeah, and I and on Instagram and just, you know, casual convos with people in the office, the classic thing. So, But I think that she wasn't sure what she was going to do until the last second. I think that she was probably making those decisions as the whole thing was unraveling and, and unfolding. And I bet we can infer a lot of different things depending on what she does in the next episode and and who we see her become on why she did or didn't actually burn it all down. But I felt like it was a great moment. I don't know what I was trying to say by that. (laughs) (laughs) I just was thinking about that as well. But I thought it hit. I don't think it was lacking anything. I think when Otto started yelling at the the door just at the direction mm-hmm. of the door. I don't think he knew who he was yelling at. It's ironic that it was their own guards that were trying to shut the people in and box the situation and there's no communication from the command, which just further illustrates young Aegon's point of arriving a little bit mussed up. Um Kristen's a brand new commander of the King's Guard. Yeah, like, exactly. No one yeah, knows what's that going guy on. who can just kill people. He can just kill people right. and everything's totally fine. Now. It's the second person he's killed in front of other people. Jeez. Some people that aren't even on his side. And it's that in your face that, yeah, no, we kind of are just doing whatever we want here. The law doesn't really apply to us, especially someone who's willing to just be sicked on whoever we say at any point. Mm-hmm. I mean, he would have went to Dragonstone to kill Rhaenyra probably. Otto? No, Kristen Cole. <laughs> Oh, Kristen was, was just imagining Otto in his little hood. <laughs> oh cloak. my god, he could sneak. <laughs> he would go through his illusion. His illusion stats are plus fifteen. Right, sure, puts that, sure. Puts that on. Oh, Kristen was ready to go right now. Kristen has been wanting to kill Rhaenyra for 
episodes on episodes on episodes. I imagine him today, you know, in the sequence when they're showing everyone doing their own thing, their solo shots after... Love, 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 love. Just kind of stewing and brewing. Yeah, it rolls. I, I wish it would have cut to Kristen Cole in his own little alone thing, and he's in his meager, uh, Lord now I guess Lord Commander Chambers, and he's throwing darts at a painting of Rhaenyra with like a no <laughs> sign. Like the one you're putting on his face on social media, it's got one of Rhaenyra, and he's throwing darts at it. He's, he's just completely pacing. obsessed. I thought it was so funny that when they were searching for Aegon in King's Landing, Aemon makes some comment about a night out that he and Aemond or Aegon had had when they were kids. And Kristen's like, every woman is the face of the mother. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, really? <laughs> because it that's should be not talked how you, about. Yeah, it it right. specifically should be spoken about that way. It's not how you talk closed doors, behind closed doors, especially about Rhaenyra. Or just walking down the hallway right, with exactly. Alicent. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah exactly. no, he's pretty open with that. <laughs> no, I mean, Kristen Cole has taken a deep fall, everybody. He really right? has. We've been hating on him for a while, but this episode is un... You, you can't go back from this episode. He's a sneering bad guy. He is a bad guy. He used to be really charming. He did not need to kill Lord Beesbury. He used to be like that guy on uh, uh, Inglorious Bastards who's about to be attacked by uh, Donnie Donowitz in front mm-hmm. of the, the tunnel opening. Yeah. And uh, he takes the baseball bat and he touches his medals with it. And he goes, the German soldier, he goes, what'd you get these for? And the guys, the music is just really... Uh, earnest and he looks really earnest because he's trying to have a big moment like the coronation is where it's like we all just don't poop in little jars outside like we we we're actually magical uh philosophically important uh, people and this is an important time in history and so he's earnestly taking in the moment because it's about to be his last and uh, he says for bravery Mm -hmm. and then he gets his head beaten with a baseball bat which is kind of the energy of Song of Ice and Fire in general, especially with that dragon popping out of the floor. That's that's what we used to feel about Kristen Cole right. when he was looking up uh, at the tourney. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're like, ooh, Kristen. I would like to ask for you a favor. Allison and Rainier are like whispering to each other uh-huh. about who this man yeah. is. Damon asked for Allison's hand. Let's not be obvious. Right. You know? let's, and also, let's annoy Otto. Kristen wins, beats Damon, like the BA, like the hero. Oh, God, thank God there's a hero in this one. Episode one, thank God there's a beautiful, literal, literal prince charming i know and then he asks he has the courage to ask for the young princess's favor i mean he's set up to be the best guy that there is and now he's sneering in this episode like yeah i'll I'll get where's your brother where's your brother (laughs) well i was thinking so much about how dangerous it is when people believe that they're in this moral right Mm because some because Kristen thinks he's in the moral. so many yeah you're nailing it yeah Otto thinks he's in the moral right allison that's been her whole deal this whole time I think I don't know better. But he, you know, he's talking about, and I need to scroll up because I was taking some notes about this, but he's talking about being, like, he's doing it for the realm. It, this yeah. is bigger than him. Right. But you believe Varys when he says it before Otto, right? Sure. Well, sure. But I think all of them, like, this whole idea of when your desires and your own personal motives become entangled in this, like, moral correctness or what you believe your duty to be, Mm -hmm. then you get these moments like Chris and Cole bashing Lord Beesbury's head in. Or you get these moments like Otto having been scheming this whole time to get Aegon on the throne without even... With everyone. With everyone. Without Allison even being part of the conversation. I mean, you get this, like... My way or the highway, there's no room for conversation or reconciliation. And I think that people, the 
difference between somebody like Otto and Kristen and all these guys versus Allison is I really do think that Allison is she's smart, she's cunning, she's in control, but she's also a little bit more innocent and naive than I think the rest of them because I think that there's more sweetness in her or there's a soft spot in her because this isn't a conflict about an enemy. This is a conflict about somebody that she cares about. And so... Well, she hasn't had anyone killed yet, so she's definitely more innocent than the rest of them, technically. Technically. Right? Totally. Yeah. Right. But so... But I Except still think she's tied maybe. up in... I still think she's tied up in morality, but it hasn't pushed her over the edge like I right. think it has with some of these other people. And so... And she did say, I want that child's eye. I want that eight-year-old's eye. Yeah. In the heat of the moment, she's a mom, you know? Okay, yeah. So I can you can kind of let those things slide a little bit mm -hmm. more as a protector of your eight year old kid, mm -hmm. whereas somebody like Kristen is just like getting off to this idea that he's protecting the realm and the queen. You know, he really can't be that stupid. He really can't believe that. I think he does, or maybe he's just trying to get his own because he made well, that comment. Go on, I've been comment on the same yeah, thing. Yeah, I can't remember the Amon. exact things. That, yeah, yeah, it's hard to watch other people be handed what you've had to really work for. And so, and he's he's in that position. That's been his. And thing a lot of the people have just been handed mm -hmm. similar positions. I mean, all of them really. Uh, the people he's the person he's talking to was born into it. The list goes on. It doesn't excuse his behavior, though. No, I mean that's a really bad vibe. Everyone knows that. You see, there's a thing where you're right, but you're making a bad vibe. It's true. Harold Westerling <laughs> is like, what is your deal? Take your cloak off. Stop making this about you. Like, we're supposed to be the guys that are kind of on the outskirts of this whole thing. And now you're trying to get us deeply involved in the drama. Yeah, and seems then he like... takes his own cloak off. He's like, I'm out. Mm -hmm. I was going to say, it seems like there's no tier of the Kingsguard that we're ever going to see depicted on the TV show where it actually feels like the White Sword Tower feels. Right. The real the real grace around it. And, and it's just, it's, it's a shame to see someone like Westerling who obviously has had to keep his mouth shut, to keep his job and his head for a very long time. But this is, it's, it's got to be pretty bad for him to, to turn to Otto, even though there's like the queen in the room, for example. And he goes, is it come to this? Like, are we, okay, now the grown ups are going to look at each other like, all right, we've been letting everybody play exactly. around. You know that moment. Everyone yes. has. I mean, a lot of times that's what it is. It's, it's keeping a place just operating. We're just keeping it going. We're just making sure it doesn't fall off the rails because there's all these other people and they've got all their other ideas of the stuff that they want to do. Like Allison thinks it's the night, the night's over. It's time just to pour a cup of wine. And here's Laris. He's like, I haven't got my scheduling, uh -huh. my, my, uh, gamesmanship done for the day, by the way. And it's just like, oh, everyone's got a little bit of something. I think that's the point of what George R. R. Martin. Oh, for whole, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's so, so the point of everything that. These storied and historyed people are just normies. But Harold West Westerling, Lord Commander Westerling, excuse me, was asked to go kill Rhaenyra and Damon. Yeah, and they wouldn't even say it plainly. No. They just alluded to it, which Speak is kind of plainly. messed up. Yeah. Because Viserys wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> He's exactly. like, will you just say it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course he's going to be like, is this really happening? Is this really what I'm being asked to do? Mm -hmm. That would absolutely be the breaking point for me as well. He should have just left. And then defected. No kidding. You know? Left, gotten a, a charter, got those men to turn over once they were there from pressurization from the men that are at Dragonstone and just joined their side. Easily. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like everybody is so 
on the fence right now. Nobody is secure. Nothing is secured. And so he could have easily gotten a group of men and been like, guys, look around and understand what's going on. You really believe what's happening right now? Absolutely not. I think that we're pointing out all of these things and we're like, how how cool is it? Because that's what it would actually be like. Mm -hmm. Isn't that so silly that we're still there in art where I know it's about dragons and there's a couple witches and I don't think witches are real or I don't think they've ever been real. Notice how I didn't say that for dragons. <laughs> anyway, whenever we think of this story, we, we often talk about uh, all this stuff that really just boils down to it feels like like it's real. So the skill this author has done, basically, is try to translate the real world into a fantasy setting and also allow dragons and witches and wizards to survive. And the show's doing a pretty good job mm -hmm. of that, too. I mean, that was the original pitch for Game of Thrones on HBO. It's just funny that we're talking about it. And the closer that they get to representing reality, that's what we like. And the closer that they get to just showing you the stuff that you think would look cool in gifts, that's what we're kind of like, mm, I don't buy that. Even if some of the things in this episode was kind of season 780, mm -hmm. a little bit, um, like the white worm stuff, the... I wouldn't say the house being burned was necessarily in that same vein, but in general, this uh, big change with Rainey's kind of encapsulates that whole energy. And I think that the fact that it was acted so well, that Helped. her on the back, the dragon didn't look awkward. There's all these little things that come into executing an idea and making it uh, not make you feel weird whenever it happens. Like if you're not an expert and you're listening to something or watching something, and you can't say exactly what's going on with what you're hearing or what you're watching. You can at least feel how well it landed. And a lot of that has to, um, a, a lot of that translates to the, the writing of these scenes and, and these situations too. So we already said it needed to seem real, to seem impressive to us. Well, you need to make the dragon seem real. And the person riding the dragon needs to seem like they really can do that. And people's reactions need to be what it really is. And the list goes on and on and on. So I guess the point I'm trying to make is um, they didn't, fit in stuff to just impress us, but they did fit in stuff that would impress us, but they luckily executed on a level where it, it didn't feel like the the sideways shot of Danny flying Drogon over Marine with a pyramid in the background where right. it's like, just leave that out of the episode. You're not being because pulled you, we, out of the... We almost had even Scorsese on our side for a second there, and then you're hmm. going to show us that shot. And I kind of felt that way too with a little bit of the editing in this episode, specifically around the walking into the dragon pit in general. Okay. I just felt like they, they cut between like four different angles. And I found myself f almost feeling like I'm being punished for wanting this kind of stuff. Okay. And like shoot shoot the hell out of it. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see what it looks like. And let's let's be cool with it. Like let's hang the camera from the top of the dragon pit and show them walking in. And so they shot the hell out of it. And they kind of liked five angles. And they left all five of them in there. Rather than just what I think would have been more impactful, which would have been just carrying the camera with a steady cam like behind or at least on a crane like behind the people walking up the stairs and just keeping that single shot that they kind of cut up into pieces as they walked in and you could see Otto on the dais way back in the background if they would have just kept that there and kept it maybe rising or something into the air as Otto's speech began it would have been a little less busy but again the fact that those kinds of things are happening means that we're still 
we're not being presented these episodes from the Lord above. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Which though. I think a lot of people, I don't know, like they see it that way because they sure talk about it. Like we're getting fed food from the gods and then we're all sort of debating and treating it like it's a biblical passage what do you got for us it's like when george told us when we were interviewing him, i know. He's like you know this isn't real yeah, right I know. and i was like wow that really cut deep to yeah we're, yeah we're experiencing a moment <laughs> right really now on the podcast up, we're like wait said that. people make this i you also made a comment similarly when Kristen and eric were fighting Sort of with their little yeah. like you kind of made a similar you're like eh, well, I don't know about this <laughs> it just kind of showed it's, it would have looked like something I would have done when I was 12 making yeah. a music video it was like I shot three <laughs> angles of them running down the stairs and I liked the one where they were wide and they mm-hmm. ran inside and then we're just going to match the action it's where you're when you're editing you're like he was this far down the stairs Good. on this one and you match how far he was down the stairs on that one <laughs> and then it's just like you you liked it you know you're like yeah this isn't it's it's like it reminded me a lot of the uh the uh, scene in Dorne. I was just in the about water to gardens, say. Where it was like, this is how you shoot an action scene. We've come and such a long way, though. We have. And you know what? I'll look over those small little things. Because we had, I don't know how long we were in the water garden scene in Dorne. Minutes. Hours, Probably it felt like, like. Two and a half, something like that. Minutes? It felt yeah. at least like 20 you know that's the thing and you remember these you remember you remember those stairs for the rest of your life i remember jamie's feet everywhere like those little (laughs) shuffling feet on that little sound sword fighting is in the footwork we know this hilarious but i think that uh we can be nitpicky but we've come a long way i would say though would you say that that this is the first episode that that's happened to you in uh i don't think it's the first time there's been a few there's been a few things but it's weird to just watch it and go, ah, that one looked like it was less of a painting than the rest of them. Because that's sure. really what it boils down to. Sure. I don't even know if it's worth talking about. It's just something that I noticed around the mouth of the dragon pit. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about the uh, level of execution, making big story jumps like you would see in the more bombastic era of Game of Thrones that people kind of shied against. My my stance on that has been to agree with them but also think that the execution of those things really has a lot to do with whether or not it actually lands with people and this is a great example of that i mean i didn't feel sarcastic about it at all i didn't even know that anyone was feeling that way until i did a deal with the devil and looked at social media (laughs) and i'm like oh wait a second some people think that this is dumb that this is cheesy that she bursted why would she be doing that the only hole i found in that whole thing was why wouldn't there be a guard at the side of the, the room when she ran down to grab her dragon? But otherwise, I loved it. I did too. I, I loved that it really felt like, and I love that they brought back Caswell, who they introduced. He was the guy who originally walked up like a quest giver to Rhaenyra on the stairs when she was uh, she just gave birth. And so mm-hmm. he's been a little re- mm-hmm. recurring lord. He was the one that greeted them uh, in the last episode when they arrived. But it really felt like there was information that would really change things if it got out. It really felt like we were trying to keep information inside of the place. Oh, completely. It yeah. felt like that when we talked to Rainy. It felt like that the whole episode. Mm-hmm. When Caswell was trying to sneak out, I don't know how I missed, I don't know what I was doing looking at my phone. The last time I watched that, how how impactful that that whole deal was cementing this 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 idea that the information like could could have gotten out. And that's why whenever Messaria says that line to Otto about Viserys being dead, it's such a big deal because, mm-hmm. for one, it makes a huge impression on Otto. It makes her useful to us for a second, but also it does 
more to illustrate that point Egan was trying to make. Because to Otto, she looks like this big spy master, but really it's just one girl who's been there the whole time that they've been overlooking, who was able to report the news almost immediately. And now you seem like the biggest genius in the world, and you just bought yourself basically a free $500,000 down payment with them. Not that, That's not how much money they gave them, but as far as moving forward and working directly with the crown, holy crap, talk about social engineering. I minded her a lot less on the second watch. Oh, it, a lot it, less. It, I also was better understanding her potential relationship with Aegon that I felt like yeah, was me too. really— Yeah, me too. I'm surprised at how much they brushed over that. I think that's smart. I think that's thinking. That's trusting us. Instead it is of, trusting instead us. Instead of talking it out. I would have liked some sort of establishing maybe shot with them, the two of them interacting or something. But I completely— Maybe that's a little on the nose. Maybe it know. is. And maybe I'm just, you know, aloof. I, <laughs> but I, I do—I understood kind of her role with— in Aegon and his... King's Landing. Yeah, at King's Landing and everything much better. Were they lighting the candles to let her know in the Red Keep that that yeah. had happened? Yeah. yeah. It can, so, you know, I'll, I yeah, mean, all I'm that sure kind of stuff. I'm sure she has little patterns. Right. Like patterns that she would give. Like they would do at Winterfell. Let's <laughs> 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 well, we'll see that before. Anyway, but... Um, <laughs> the candle of Winterfell. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I, just, I understood all of that whole plot not understood it more but it made more sense so Masaria likes to collect the young boys of the keep seems like it she's like I heard you like go-karts mm-hmm. she starts out that way starts out with like uh, little Tonka trucks I heard you uh-huh. like toy cars oh my god so it's like the opposite Varys who's probably I guess about the same at okay with killing people you look at They're somebody, doing interesting stuff with Masaria. They are, and I, we were not, I was not interested in, to be honest, anything she had to do until this episode, pretty mm. much, because it just felt like Damon is. I mean, girl the, in the city. Yeah, the whole thing with Damon in the beginning, a loose cannon. Totally, I, I understood that, and then you know she's supposed to become this big mysterious character, which wasn't really hitting for me at all this season. We saw a couple shots of her getting fed information, but it's like okay. Whatever, but I, it definitely came out to play. I think in a really useful way, and she makes that interesting comment about the fact that, and I can't remember exactly what she says, but the people give you power, mm-hmm. and as much as you have, exactly. And again, it. what I was saying at the beginning of the episode, just about this idea of King's Landing or the realm finally coming into play and finally being part of the narrative, that seems like a bigger threat, especially right now when. Everything is so volatile. And the fact that, as you pointed out, she knew about Viserys, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, she seems crazy. She she seems super important. Right. Like, she runs this whole town. <laughs> exactly. He's the hand of the king. It's he Otto. showed up to talk to I her. Know he doesn't go out in town that much, so he's already a little bit on edge. He's a little bit more anxious. His outfit was a 10 out of 10 <laughs> in that whole conversation. His cloak. Did, did he convince you? He looks like that Kermit the Frog. Yeah. The evil Kermit. Mm-hmm. The same shadow over his face was the perfect amount. He he does not get out that often because yeah. he was psyched to be on this little mission. Yeah. And obviously he wouldn't come out to have a conversation with her if it wasn't that important. Yeah. So she also... Yeah, she now, showed her face. this is a big moment for yeah. her too. Yeah, no. Between the two of them. So I'll be curious to see, especially as they the side of the Greens tries to wrangle in... This idea that Aegon's supposed to be king and get everybody on board, what that may or may not 
play a role in. It doesn't seem like she's particularly interested in swaying the agenda of the king, and she's more interested in kind of her own backyard. Which is why things. it's weird that she's not supporting Damon, or maybe she plans to, and is just going to use the fact that his enemies are still alive as a way to further complicate them being involved with each other. I don't think because she's if she anyone. I don't know, but since they were so close, if they, she would have been able to deliver them that, I mean, that would have been huge for, I mean, he already knows her, and talk about if if access and all that stuff is what she craves, then if she really knew that Aegon was going to be the successor, which I'm sure Talia mm-hmm. passed that along to, then why wouldn't she just kept keep him hidden? There is a lot left unshown with their relationship with Aegon and the White Worm. Maybe, yeah. maybe, they, maybe they're friends. Maybe she likes them. Exactly. It doesn't or, seem likely, though. Or did he come to her first? Right. right. And or was like, I need help. Him? I mean, she's been like a mother figure to Damon mm-hmm. at times. Exactly. Probably the same thing for Aegon. Probably taught him everything Aegon knows. Like, you know? what? What do you mean? You know. <laughs> <laughs> the same thing with Damon. Right. So that's what I was saying is I didn't quite understand. It, it To me, it was like she just, the first time I watched the episode, it felt like, oh, she just happens to know where he is because she knows what everything's going on. But on second watch, it was There's more to clear. it. Yeah, yeah, they have a relationship. They have a relationship, yeah. And whatever that means. But I think That's that, cool that they buried that so deep. I think it is cool. And there was so much in this episode quietly coming to life of what Aegon's been living out in the street with the kids fighting oh yeah he frequents this place you know that's the kind of monster he is with eric and eric kind of going back we and saw forth. one of his kids in this episode that but that little kid was his bastard really yes so the fighting pit remember when they were like that's not all he gets up to here and it showed that little blonde haired child in the corner yeah he wasn't sleeping with that kid <laughs> that was his kid well i thought that meant just i don't know i didn't never you connected did, the dot I, I thought some people might think he was like a child <gasps> abuser like oh he's no a i didn't think that no way! That's yeah. nuts. Yeah, I love so that little egg, little dragon spawn, dragon seeds. Ooh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, so yeah, I think that that's obviously going to come into play more as Aegon starts. Yeah, he's the to, king now. Yeah, that's why we so got so much gonna, of his face. You know, mm-hmm. it really built him that walk with the swords. Yeah, falling. I liked that. Awesome choreography. Make it feel like a real book, guys. Come on, it's <laughs> like a Zelda game. <laughs> really cool. That's the kind of stuff that'll make a tear roll down your eye. You're like, they did it all at the same time. But I think that you're making a good point, which there's more to this and him it, being in King's Landing kind of thing. And, and it didn't need to be, be a part of it. Yeah, and it didn't need to be in our face because right. we're supposed to believe that we weren't sure if Aegon was going to be, be the king either. Paying attention, they're literally showing it to us. We don't I even know, but, like they're literally showing it to us on the screen. We should pay attention, but there's so much. But it's they hard. want us to be surprised too that Aegon's going to be king, kind of. Because if you spend too much time on him and his whereabouts, I mean, it's like who cares? He's not even going to be king. Oh uh, yeah, but now he is. For sure. No, you're totally right. Actually, that's a really good point because then it would have been way so more heavy-handed. Yeah, we wouldn't have liked that. So I think that that was cool. Plus, I, it would have been forced conversations. It's right. like the thing with the over-editing and that at the doorway at the Dragon Pit. It's just take it out and do the really good thing. Which was, and maybe just leave the camera on it, like on Driftmark. Yeah. I bet there was so much extra dialogue that they cut, but it was really effective more like that. Completely. Yeah. I missed all of that, episode one. <laughs> I mean, I didn't miss it, but it just... Uh, All the white worm stuff early is going to be super important. Yeah. Yeah, to go back and watch it, I bet. I mean, just the way that, especially when you think about how we see Damon now, 
in the relationship that he has with the heir, you know, to the throne. The whole story is basically centered around. I mean, that's some pretty big character movement with the White Worm over the course of a couple episodes. That's a lot of really personal contact and really personal situations. Of course, it's going to come come and be become something important. It wouldn't just leave it there to be like, he liked whores. Sure. That's weird. No, I, I agree with you, but... Um... I didn't think they would do it so well in such a, a great way. Yeah, neither did I. Do we know how much contact Damon has had with her? Because they last left each other on. It's the last time he came to town terms. before the the dinner. So I wonder if he, if she could. I don't think she's going to pick a side, but if she could maybe fill him in on what the goings that's on. What have been. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't. I, obviously, they haven't been in touch, and he scorned her uh, in a way because they're not working together he married someone else and then he had kids and then he married someone else and he dismissed her kind of yeah i would say 100 percent. but i also think that she's pragmatic and always knew that that was the deal with the situation and that's why she's in the position that she's in because she's managed to be as smart as the people that are in charge and be as well off as them but also live completely on her terms and not have to be involved meanwhile the rest of these people are in the throne room having to kneel and uh, break their vows just to keep their heads Mm -hmm. she's getting paid to know about stuff that everybody else doesn't know about yet or learned about in some rumor form she's getting paid to know about it she's and to blackmail this guy and again she lives as comfortably as everybody else so I think what we're supposed to take away is that this is the this is the kind of person who's got it figured out. Like this is a successful uh, person who lives in a hard world that's willing to do weird, mysterious stuff to their achieve mm-hmm. their ends, and she's going to be here a part of the story. I completely forgot what happens with her in Fire and Blood. So this is a genuine question that we may or may not be able to answer. But how Aegon could use her. Now, he's the king. So what is her role going to be? Like, is he going to continue to be able to rely on her or is he going to be dismissive like Damon was to her? I genuinely don't remember how anything could or potentially play out with her going forward other than she is this figure. So I'm looking forward to seeing and refreshing my memory on. <laughs> on your <laughs> third read go. <laughs> Yeah, my third I'll read fire blood for a third time. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of detail in fire and blood. You mean it goes over the course of over a century? Right. And you can't remember all of those names? And all these characters aren't really that fleshed out. And so now that we're a little bit more intimately involved in who they actually are, mm-hmm. it feels uh, like it might be an easier read. I think so. That's usually how it goes, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that her and Laris being opposite of each other right now seems like a uh, almost a little finger Varys uh, Mm. nod. Mm -hmm. And I'm super excited about that. If she didn't have him on her radar before or care, she definitely is going to try to figure out what happened with that fire now. And again, um, something that made me wrinkle my nose twice now that I watched it was the escape scene and the beachside, portside, dockside house of Masaria being on fire was not obvious to me. And it made me wrinkle my nose. I didn't know if there was some kind of a breakdown of civility in King's Landing. And I watched it again. And I, like, like I said, I wrinkled my nose again, but I was thinking about it as that shot lingered. And it just, it was obvious. There, the fire being used like that with the shot lingering in the same way with Laris having that insane scene before and 
talking about dealing with the spy master, we're supposed to make that connection. We're supposed to be mm-hmm. smart enough for that. Mm-hmm. But that's just the separation of who's making this versus my brain. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I had to catch up to be like, oh, okay. And I know that in five years when I'm watching that kind of stuff, I'll be like, kid stuff to me. But sometimes you reach art that's on the edge of what you're smart enough to know about, and then eventually you figure it out. And I think that's what it was for me. Well, and I'm so glad because leading up to House of the Dragon, it was so heavy-handed about... You're going to love this. Yeah, look at this. It's in the center of the frame. Yeah. Everything it, else is blurry. Look at the... Well, they're doing it with the dagger, the though. Dagger. They're doing it with the dagger. They are doing it with the dagger, but that's the only thing they're really doing it with. And so the fact that I'm missing these crucial plot points because we need to unta- untangle them, that's fun for me. I don't me want it exactly. to be exactly. Like so a book. obvious. Like a book. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, they sh- it's in the book. I mean, when they're going through all of uh, the belongings in the Black's house, right? Uh, and Order of the Phoenix and Creature gets the locket or they pass the locket into like a bin or something. A heavy locket, they say. I mean, that's it. Exactly. And we have to figure it out for ourselves. So we're not going to get everything on. You go back and you look at it and you're like, wait a second. I don't know if they're, they're, that is going to have the same amount of depth. And this, I don't know if we're going to be in season two and go, what house was burnt down? And then go back or who did that? And, oh, it was a fire. I, I don't, I can't really imagine a scenario where that, that's going to be able to be mined. But right now it's cool to have something that's legitimately kind of random. Especially these days when TV seems to be so. On rails, man. The whole thing is look for these five clues because you're never going to guess what happened next. And it's all so obvious and so. It's like they're jerking your head around, like, make sure you look at this crazy shot. All of TV is like that these days, which is so annoying to me, which is why I don't want to watch anything. Because it's like the only way you can watch name one TV show that's big right now that I can't even think of. The only way you can watch it is if you understand what's going on in the background you know and i get so annoyed by this idea that there has to be this fan culture surrounding every tv show Mm -hmm. and picking out all these nitty-gritty details because most stuff isn't smart enough to be worthy of a a conversation it takes a lot of work to have the background actually be real yeah and that's what we were talking about before where if the closer the art gets to creating reality if it's really good then it lands for us and it another step further is whatever these imaginary characters are saying even if it's background people from the background people all the way to the music all the way to the most important line that's being spoken it has to be thematically on point and it has to execute the intellect that you're trying to actually come across like the color that you're trying to put across it all the way down to the background people talking and the way that they're walking the things that they're doing it has to be that good so getting a lot of extras to do that it's hard i think for people that are making stuff to get that kind of 10 episode stamina for the details that are going into stuff unless it's a show like rings of power hot d or the witcher i know i'm picking fancy shows but it's for every genre like you got to have money and you got to have some kind of big name attached to it or and some time. kind of backing or and or you have interest. a really creative yeah. cinematographer and director etc cetera, etc cetera, that's able to shoot the hell out of something like new mexico like they did with breaking bad and then all of a sudden it it jumps way past the ability of its of its budget or whatever mm-hmm. but you just gotta have people that really care and that are really smart to work on it like that and uh like i said i wrinkled my nose but 
I, I hope that I'm not just changing the way that I think about it because I want to think that it's good. Mm-hmm. I hope that later that it continues to escalate in the quality in which that it exudes these flourishes that I'm not really used to seeing done. I feel confident that it will. And I'd be curious, people listening, if they felt the same way that we do, or if, like you said, we're reaching because we want it to be that good. Yeah, it might just be silly. But I really, with just with the level of people's participation, like we haven't seen twitter drop off halfway through the season you know no, it's a legit game of thrones people season. are enjoying yeah, i think it's that like people a are engaged sport. it's like i know? said before i think that they're creating it on a level and i i feel this way even when eric and eric are walking around town even if it's just a wide shot of them walking around uh in the the set looking for for Egan, right <laughs> yeah that was so cool they're just looking around there's just something about the 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 responsibility that the people feel when they're making this show and the just the way that they're filming it that makes it seem a little real and definitely grand and it, I don't know if something's good enough it's like if you record a song really well like Smash Mouth's All Star it might just sound like it's being poured from the cup of God Himself and I think a lot of people just see right now luckily hot d like that because game of thrones for some reason built itself up to that position and shows like sopranos before it it's a fun spectator sport to be a part of and it must be really tough to plan these episodes a year and a half out and try to hope that they land with the culture a year and a half later well and i hope that this momentum can carry through as we will have to wait x amount of time for season two to come around yeah. Well, Can't wait for whatever that cliffhanger is going to be that we're going to have to spend years thinking about. <laughs> we asked a couple questions this week on social media, just to kind of vibe check on everybody, how we were feeling about the episode. Um, my favorite answer before we get into what the specific questions were is we had Andrew at PSU Mets fan who said the answer to all four questions is simply <laughs> dragons. <laughs> so as we talk about these questions, Keep that in the mind. answer is dragons to literally everything. Um, the first one that we asked was how will Rhaenyra and Damon react to the news of Aegon's coronation? Dragons. <laughs> we saw in the trailer this is what I'm psyched about for next episode is we've got some heavy dragon action. Yeah, I saw at least coming four, I think. Mm-hmm, in episode 10. And so it seems to me like there will be tension between... I, I feel like Rhaenyra may have similar f- issues that Allison is having, which is... I don't want to kill people. I don't want to kill people. I still kind of you know have love for my childhood friend. Well, the people around her are going to be out for blood, just like Allison, I think, is. And so watching that dynamic play out, um, I think it's going to be fun as heck because we have these dragons in the mix that are obviously flying around. So bring it on. I think that you're probably right. I wouldn't expect Rhaenyra to be that way, though. I think uh, if she knew what it really looked like at the Capitol, I don't think even Rainey's had a full uh, vision of that. Right. You know? Right. That'll also put a little dagger in my heart because she should be reacting way way more harshly. But at the same time, Allison also didn't want to have her killed. I thought what she said was really poignant when she said, um, yeah, but he wouldn't have wanted his daughter to be killed. Mm-hmm. Talking about Viserys and Aegon being coronated. Yeah, but he wouldn't have wanted his... She's saying, yeah, he said that, but he wouldn't have wanted his daughter to be right. killed. And so maybe a little bit of pause from Rhaenyra will be nice. It's not what I expected from the adaptation. I just assumed that they would be 
completely at odds with each other yeah. and, and ready to just to be mad based off of what happened at uh, Driftmark. Ready to say, no, you're going to take it because you took it. So I, I guess if Rhaenyra is, if that's her attitude, then she's really as chill as she has seemed. That she might be willing to, uh, that girl, it's not just some random person that came, it's the triarchy didn't do it. It's Alicent that did it. That usurped it all underneath my dead father's wishes. But at the same time, Rhaenyra was saying to Viserys, I don't want this. Why did you make me do this last episode? And so I wonder if there's part of her that's almost relieved. That would like, be interesting. Can we just... So there's got to be something else. Oh, no. Yeah. yeah okay. So... I don't know. We'll see. That but. makes total sense. Jeez, this show, man. Talk about <laughs> no. It's got some subtlety, subtlety to how they're playing out that uh, the sort of rise and fall of their anger toward each other, and it's so painful. I wouldn't have expected it to be uh, this soon to get Luke and, Luke and Jace involved. It's uh, that's the next episode, and I think that's going to be the cliffhanger because it's like I think that we're going to be angry at how it ends. On Sunday. Oh, my God, no. So we didn't get Rainier and Damon in this episode. It seems to me like we've got the Greens finale, which was episode 9, and the Blacks finale, which is episode 10. Hmm. So a dual finale, then. Yeah, that's kind of how I'm picturing it from the the trailer, but we shall see in a few short days. John Mack says, that's a loaded question. It is. <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> I don't need to read the rest of that. I think we said the same thing. Yeah, most most people's responses were similar to what I think because we saw it from the trailer, so it's pretty obvious. But um, Damon is going to be angrier than Rhaenyra. Um, She might think about bending the knee. Uh, Some people are saying Crimson Gruts was like, it's their own fault for going to Dragonstone. I mean, WTF. Just the timing of it all and and how it happened. That's another nose wrinkle for me. Yeah. It's like, wait, they're... They're already gone, gone, but it's just the next day and Rainey's is still asleep there. Right. I guess so, she was going to chill for a little bit, but still. Still. They, they booked it pretty quick. I mean, what what, what are we asking for, guys? <laughs> just let them leave. <laughs> They're giving us so much. Next question. What is next for Rainey's? Well, I think that she's going to fly to Dragonstone and she's going to tell her niece the news. Mm-hmm. And what a great guess. <laughs> people are going to erupt with many emotions. And I think maybe she's going to want to stay out of it. Well, that's, I think this brings up a good question. Um, it's based on our look. Our Slater Carter says she's going to connect with the blacks, but what's her role? Which I think is what you're saying. It's like, well, then, so then what? I'm just not going to be against you. Yeah, and she I'll brings pass your the info. News. And they better not mess with me. Right. Because they saw that. They saw me and I let them go. Oh, what I was going to say earlier real quick is I think that when Otto was saying to shut the doors and the guards were shutting them in, him being scared and aware that he needed to switch to safety mode and not carnival barker mode started to make her feel more human Mm -hmm. than upset and then like a dragon than she felt on the back of Melee's. And then I think when Allison told... uh, get Helena, and then she stood in front of Aegon. I think then the full humanity of the situation washed over her. And that's really what we've been talking about is the mishmash of, of Hot D and A Song of Ice and Fire and all really good stories. It's how we humanly mix into what the fake-believe little tale that these characters mm-hmm. have system that they bought themselves into. 
and it's easy to feel separate from it when there's a mob there and, and someone's on, on a dragon. dais and then when you're up on a dragon so i mean that says a lot about rainies and we're going to see those truths about her character be executed through the story but i think it was the the fear that didn't excite her whereas there's other targaryens that are alive now that and that have been alive that would twist that fear and use it as kindling well that's like cool. some people were saying daenerys would have burned them all immediately and probably end of her life daenerys would mad queen vibes daenerys might be down that route but in that situation it's so tough to say because there's some youngins there true like but i they I, look kind of young helena looks kind of young but i guess they're not they're not i like what you said though about rainy's kind of having that emotional connection because she too is buying into the whole tapestry and the whole yeah not and, tapestry trappings of power of course yeah, of course and that's the combo but she's she also one of the ones that we, especially uh learning in the first episode she's one of the ones with the way that she was talking to corliss during the tourney that also sees it all as fake completely too. right exactly so exactly how real are we going to take it am i going to burn these people exactly right now? so exactly. i think that's what that was and it w- would have been a very traditionally targaryen moment if she had maybe it's signaling at least for the time being a little bit of a turning point in the way they handle stuff i don't know there needs to be it's almost like it needs to be fair like let's have a fair fight then if we're gonna fight there's a thing about that that's like <laughs> it's like when firearms were invented in right. civil society right <laughs> these uh classy people it's like we're still gonna be savage but we're gonna do it in a fair way exactly <laughs> oh boy so Anyway, well, what do you think is next for Rainey's? Well, I'm just looking forward to seeing how she... De- well, we saw how she delivered the news to Rainier and Damon, but um, it's hard to say. It's going to be I cool, like this. What a great way for the news to break right I know. out. And I just... I <laughs> love... sky. I loved episode nine, Rainey's. I love that she finally had the opportunity to flex and show what she's got instead of being this yeah. kind of background character. Not background, but you know... She's background for me Background character. And so... I was like... Oh, I felt like that nose wrinkly. Like, oh, I'm supposed to think she's so awesome. Now she... Well, and we, I don't know if you saw this, but before episode nine dropped, there was a lot of mumblings about this is rainy's episode the people who got screeners or saw it before they're like you're gonna really change your mind about her and i was like okay, okay. Hmm. thanks for the info but you know it hit for me <laughs> genuinely i'm mean, watching it again it was just all i could think was and this is a useless thought but it's the thought that came to my head was this is one of the best got one of the most definitive summing up of the of the whole thing. My dog just groaned outside <laughs> of the closet. Like, why I'm are you recording still recording? It. Why are you talking about Maylees and not me? <laughs> Shouldn't you be talking about a ghost scene? Uh-huh. Um, one of the most uh, signature feeling. It was just so good. And the sound and the ferocity of the dragon. And, and the real power that emanated from Rainey's. And that little uh, squeeze action to fit through the door. Like, fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. None of this. You, you're, we're operating on a different scale mm-hmm. than this whole situation what are you thinking exactly it was just that's the that's the the legacy the generational tar- targaryen truth that built that place this is the and house so that cool dragons built hell yeah the dragons did that dragons did all of it <laughs> that it probably my favorite dragon scene though done in got mm-hmm. and i just man that dragon was cool and the it sound was, was insane very very cool and mean and big and personality filled with personality mm-hmm. Question three, what will the Greens do to secure their position? 
Before we move on, I want to read Chad, Chad yeah. Hepburn's answer to the question two about Rainey's. He says, she will fuck shit up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, to, Chad. <laughs> I didn't mean to pass over you. Question three. What will the Greens do to secure their position? We got a cheeky answer from Little Wolfbird. Maintain residency in the Red Keep. You're right. <laughs> that is the key move. It is the key move. Um, it seems like whether or not they should just burn down the Red Keep is a conversation that we're going to be hearing in episode 10. But it seems like so much of the groundwork was already laid with the small council that I will be interested to see the small folk reaction to how it, now that Rainey's has made that move. I just wonder how much those people are involved with, like, do they understand who Rainey's is? I mean, of course they do. That's yeah, know, silly sure for me do. to say. Yeah. But you know what I mean? It's like we're so intimately involved with the backdoor conversations. How many of those types of how many of these stories get out and how storied are these characters? They're going to be scared of dragons and so, for a little bit. That's for sure. I know. So I think that, um, I don't think we're going to see any of it barely. We're going to hear about it through Rhaenyra's point of view is my guess, but maybe we won't. I don't know, but, um, maybe we will see it. I'm not sure. But, uh, there's gotta be a lot of wheeling and dealing, a lot of wheeling and dealing. Yeah. And Aegon better be a good Sending letters to Winterfell. He better be like a really cool and charismatic and interesting and funny and smart and swaggy and hot king. You know what I mean? For people (laughs) to like buy into the whole thing. Because if he's got one foot out of line, if he is annoying or if he's drunk on the (laughs) streets or if he doesn't look like a hottie, no one is going to be into it anymore. Uh, Yeah, but I mean, they've had Viserys for so long, so I think the bar is set kind of low. (laughs) <laughs> He's going to be a hottie no matter what. Viserys is so charismatic, though, and he was so funny and jovial yeah. and such a good-natured guy to be around. Well, what is the white worm scene, Aegon? Maybe maybe he's uh, <laughs> that cool. <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Listen, what if she comes back in the next episode and retaliates to the throne and starts to tell the small folk to uprise from the inside? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. She has so much dirt. She's like, my well, house. You, think you about burnt my too, house. Somebody like Aegon wasn't necessarily protected to be the king so there's so much exactly. drama about it's like him. someone trying to be a politician and they're exactly like, they're like trying to erase my social media <laughs> absolutely not it's like i've been on facebook since 2005 you can see everything yeah so we'll see how much of that <laughs> bubbles up <laughs> when they're trying to get their claim on lock but they got the pageantry out of the way I, my official answer to that question is i think that they're going to be sending a lot of letters and uh I don't know. It's going to be money stuff. And I don't think we're going to see a lot of it in the next episode. So I'm going to miss that one. Speaking of the next episode. Fourth question. Predictions for Hot D. S1 finale. The Black Queen. Little Wolfbird. Again. God. I'm going to start just saying F. I'm going (laughs) to clean this podcast up. God, who the F knows. But I need Rhaenyra to have a effing badass as F dress <laughs> we're turning a new leaf or armor I, i'd throw I'm an armor in there to the outfits too uh, a lot of heartbreak says fox and brambles i like what cyan says rainera will rally her supporters and plan an invasion of king's landing but the actual invasion will be saved for next season and i'm gonna be <laughs> mad af <laughs> we're gonna get i think a lot of climaxing action i think we're gonna get well i think we're gonna get some action that's going to be nuts next episode but I do think we're going to feel like I was saying I wish that we had more because I think it's going to end on a little bit of a cliffhanger I'm looking forward to seeing um, Rhaenyra's kiddos because we got 
the Allison's kids front and center. Yeah. So now oh, yeah. we get Rainier's kids front oh, and center. Oh my god, that is such a good point. I'm so excited about they that. They utilize them in such a, a fun way that's gonna really set them up for, mm-hmm. for being important in S two. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, doing that again for Luke and Jay's is gonna be sick. And I guess we're not gonna get the rest of them. Yeah. Well what a fun opportunity to do that though. I'm not going to say my predictions for the next episode, you bastards. <laughs> I think that's fine. <laughs> a bastard. I think that's fine. I already I know. <laughs> I can't believe that this is the point where we're at. So I know. I'm so excited. I'm really excited for the uh, the Targaryen night also next mm-hmm. week. Me too. With GRM. That's going to be so fun. It's going to be a little uh, cap to the end of all this uh, seasonal fun. And uh, we're going to keep podcasting. We'll talk more about that on a follow-up episode, but I just want to throw that out there. We're not done podcasting after the season's over. We're going to dive back into Fire and Blood hard after this. Unless so. I can convince her to do something else. <laughs> more more on that to come. But we will, I think we do a midweek episode for the finale, and then we, uh, we're going to do a sort of whole episode about the show. Probably what we'll do is just pull up the uh, previews for each episode and just play them, and that'll be the whole episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're worried about where we're going to go after next week, don't be. Because we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. And now on to your owns. You know, we used to have music to transition to owns. And these days, it comes with a little less fanfare. But we're not getting less owns. And the owns are not less funny. There's one thing that the owns are lacking, and that's hashtag 2K22. We'll talk about that again. <laughs> at a later date but uh, please accept this song that I'm going to sing to you as our transition owns ready owns owns first own from straight Savage Cole my own goes to Lord Commander Westerling doing his best Sir Barristan Selmy impersonation by taking honor and oath over conspiracy and treachery keep this unsoiled cloak bitches see Kristen Cole that's how it's done Travis I think we might have been watching a different show. I don't know if that happened, but I'm with you on it. Hashtag, I am a knight, I shall die a knight. Hmm. Also, own of the story, or own of the score by Ramin Javadi. Literally set the mood for the entire episode. Is that the only time a piano has been used other than The Lie of the Seven? I don't think so. It's been used, uh, I think, quite often in Hot D in little moments, but it did really stick out in this Love episode, for sure. Also, the little trumpets playing... Uh, some Game of Thrones music. I can't remember the exact uh, flourish that is and which song that's in, but that's a uh, like a battle scene, mm-hmm. little thing that they did. At Days Mardo, owned to Allison for trying to pressure, trying to preserve her righteousness all through the episode and putting on with all the little weirdos of her camp. At TJ Hambly, owned Lord Lannister for the slick dance move in and out of the Lord Beesbury kerfuffle. I will just be over here. <laughs> Most everyone's mad here, owned to the dude who said he needed to phone a friend when asked to support Prince hide and seek own to rainies and Maylies for literally smashing the patriarchy and own to allison yes really for speaking the truth we all know you should have been queen at ebook 87 own to all the moments in season one that could have ended the coup before it caught fire but ironically enough the biggest missed opportunity was simply a whisper of a word <laughs> dracarys <laughs> at less Inc. seven own to the club foot foot club <laughs> oh what do you think the membership fees are <laughs> wait okay can we talk about this sure <laughs> I tried to post on Instagram after the episode aired on Sunday. I was like, guys, 
DM us how much you would charge Laris for oh, feet yeah. pics. <laughs> I got banned off Instagram for a little while. So if you're at she this point. She got her point, Instagram account deleted. We had to start from zero again. <laughs> if you're at this point in the episode, um, DM us how much you charge Laris. I can't post that on social media because I'll Yeah, just we'll know. If it's a number, we'll know. <laughs> we'll know. Listen, I bet, I bet y'all do it for a hundred bucks. Oh yeah. I bet y'all do it for fifty bucks. Mm, I say seventy-five. I bet you I bet y'all would do it for one meal paid for, like thirty-five bucks. <laughs> DM us the amount on Twitter or on I Instagram. I wanna know the lowest you'll go. Ghost kills Cersei two K nineteen. Yes. <laughs> Owned to Emma Darcy who got some time off to drink some Negronis. At Haltling Dunn. Owned to Sir Kristen Cole for Sir Coling around the table to position himself behind poor old Lyman Beesbury without anyone noticing. At Sila and Mina, owned to Masari for standing up for children's rights and to show and to the show for reminding me that children mutilating each other is a bad thing. After I was so hyped over the Aemon versus Strong's fight in episode seven. Shout out to Sir Harold Westerling, Lord Beesbury, Lady Fell, Lord Caswell, and Sir. Eric Cargo for having the sp- a spine and a conscience. At Matt Carrieri, my own goes to Maley's for delivering Rainey's response to the Greens offer. The best barrister in Westeros. At John Dowd 2018, owned to Allison's cloak of righteousness for letting her scold her dad for murder and then send Lairs to go murder someone for helping <laughs> that dad. <laughs> Headphones Neil, owned to Rainey's for breaking the stone ceiling and Allison for continuing to be surprised that leading is a pain in the ass without a jug of wine. Hashtag the queen who never was. Laura Wardwell, owned to Rainey's. More queen than all y'all. Mimi Honeycut, My own goes to Rainey's for taking all of Aegon's, com- Aegon's Emperor Commodus energy and dealing in Are You Not Entertained with Melee's. <laughs> at, AB- at Abby Harry 2, I've got two owns this week. One to Sir Eric, who gave up his position and risk both being the risk both of their lives to get Princess Rainey's out of King's Landing. And two, Princess Rainey's being the BAMF. We all know she was in kicking off the dance of true Targaryen fashion. Jack Shimmer owned to Quentin Tarantino for directing this episode. And at Hugo Cast coming in hot with my own goes to Laris Tarantino Strong for giving us the creepiest scene of the episode. Foot emoji. Also, own goes to the White Worm for collective bargaining improved city services for Flea Bottom County. At Training Maester owned Rainey's for not only the dragon pit, but also for calling out Allison's bullshit and her own aspirations, especially for pointing out Allison's internalized misogyny. Dana to Eric and Eric who found the beast hidden under the round candle board. Bookish I owned the wisdom of Sir Crispy. Every woman is the image of the mother to be spoken of with reverence. Also Sir Crispy. Rhaenyra is a spoiled cunt. Second owned to Shy Amos, studier of history, trainer with swords, and who will be found. R.I.P. to those poor bastards in the dragon pit. Tom Snow, Allison for putting on a brave face when Maylie's the, the beast beneath the boards appeared. She was ready to take a Dracar's head on like a queen. At Matt Curley, owner of the open credits for having Patty C's name front and center and giving us a moment of maybe. <laughs> K2, owned to the writers for a masturbation scene more shocking than a, than a red wedding. At McGarity. Obviously, my big own goes to the magnificent Princess Rhaenys Targaryen, the queen who never was, and her equally magnificent dragon, Maelys, the Red Queen. To quote Patty's famous behind-the-scenes moment, that <laughs> is serving Targaryen realness. This was another brilliant episode of storytelling, and next week stands to be even better. Savor it like a Dornish strong wine. Tim Troy owned to Sir Kristen for some slick moves and slapping the sword out of Eric's hand. Or Eric's hand. Whatever. <laughs> At Thoris Loves Rawler. 
owned Maley's for not saying excuse me after belching in the Greens' faces. Drinking GOT owned Beesbury for finally teaching us what the little balls at the small council table are for. Jesus. At Hutch99STL, my own goes to the show for normalizing foot fetishes. Crying laughing emoji. <laughs> True. At so cute Amanda, obvious own to Rainies, but my secondary own has to go to all the poor squished small folk of Flea Bottom. At the Polycrafter, own to Masaria for trying to use her power for the benefit of children. DJ Snooky, own to Rainies and Maylies, the beast beneath the boards, shocked me and made me jump out of my seat screaming. At Thrones fans, own to Alicent for being for trying to one-up her daddy, second owned to Rainey's for not leaving without her dragon Maylies. Great performances from both Olivia Cook and Eve Best. At Eamon White Wolf, owned to Beesbury for saying he knew Viserys longer than anyone and wanted to uphold his life's wish, as well as the lords and ladies who refused to be Oathbreaker and Elsie Westerling, Lord Commander. At Frickin' Rickin', since Rainey's will get the dragon share of owns this week, I'll give an own to Maester Orwell for suggesting that the freshly marbled corpse, I love that, of Lord Beesbury should be removed before the Green Council continues and before blood starts dripping into his lap. Forged in Fire, owned to the Kingsguard for having none of this drama. Graham McTavish is awesome, until there is a king. Matt Lucas, owned to Lara Strong for taking the creepiest bastard in Westeros history belt from Ramsay Bolton. <laughs> Bell Martell, owned to OG Lyman Beesbury. Let's pour one out for the most loyal member of the small council. Black Madness 317, owned to Otto for spending 20 years traumatizing Alicent that Renera will kill her family while planning to kill Renera's family. At Ghost Chase Killa, owned to Rainies and the Red Queen for busting out all over the place and making me cheer, even though she should have negated the entire war on a little word. Drakkar should have let him have it. By Felicia at Dagger Tribal. Own to Rainey's for telling Allison she is still upholding the patriarchy, and yet you toil still in service to men, and you desire not to be free, but to make a window in the wall of your prison. P.J. Lanford, plain and tall, owned to the lady of House Fell who kept her sworn oaths to Princess Rhaenyra. To a Skylark, owned Allison and the sigh and eye roll she gives to her dad when she <laughs> he tells her she looks <laughs> like her brother. Jesus. At Crash 2K18, owned to right. Laris for whatever pitch he used to secure that method of payment for his services. At Asawaf Quotes, GOT, owned the Conqueror's Crown. Great moment for us nerds. At Abinara, owned to Ramin Javadi in the music for this episode. Just perfection. Memories of the Light of the Seven. Second owned to Daenerys Targaryen. She would have burned them all, literally. Hashtag Rainies, we love you, but girl, hashtag burn them all. <laughs> Lauren, LMG9410. Own goes to Rainy slash Maylies for that entrance or exit. Dragon emoji. At the Lady Shelly, my own goes to the costuming department. Did you see the armor Rainies was wearing? It's just, if only, Daenerys, if only. At Big E1209, my own goes to Queen Allison's pantyhose for making Laris brick. Is that bricked up? <laughs> brick emoji up. And keeping her OnlyFans open in this dark moment of grief. <laughs> Foot emoji. Scott Glennon, the own simply must go to Rainey's. She let the dragon do the talking. At Entertainment, owned Allison yelling for Helena to be protected in the dragon pit and not giving a shit about the boys. They can rescue themselves. At Chris DJC4, owns to Allison for her first OnlyFans, Laris and his foot fetish. At Delancey Cat, owned the guy who planned this coordination to be at the dragon pit. Really well thought out, winky emoji. At Emertainment, Emily, owned to Sir Eric for being our first successful defector and freeing Rainey so she could release the Red Queen. At Chatting Myth, owned to Amon for having a strong kingly resume but losing out to nepotism. Maybe. Owned to Rainey's and Maylies for giving Allison the are you really going to make me kill you look. And owned to Olivia Cook for capstoning 
Allison in season one so strongly. Connor Targaryen at Connor Targaryen owned to the Chad Lord Lyman Beesbury for remembering his oath to the rightful heir and to the throne and standing against the Green Council. A million bee emojis. <laughs> Another owned to Rhaenys Targaryen, the queen who should have been for making an entrance at the coronation. Careless Coy, the boy, owned to Aegon II for looking good in black. He oh, looked no shit. so intense in his outfit at whisper and moan westerling owning cole and allison for not having any of their nonsense and leaving also rainies and mailies owning all of them and her restraint and not lighting them up where when she should have at blue phoenix one owned rainies for being the queen that was the fact that she didn't dracarys the whole dais says a lot boss move rob mcdonald owned to rainies for sneaking into the dragon pit and crashing the coronation however anti-owned to her as well for not ending the dance with one breath of dragon fire at EEE Heart. Well, holy balls. Um, obviously, the owner of the week is to the Red Queen and her rider, the queen who never was. But after this episode, she's the queen of my tender, tender heart. Heart eyes emoji. Also owned for Allison's line, you imbecile. LOL, LOL, LOL. <laughs> At Seth 410, owned to the queen who never was, who killed a lot of small folk, but not her kinfolk, because that would have been a sin. <laughs> Corinna Martell, owned to Allison's OnlyFans, tongue emoji, feet emoji. <laughs> The tongue emoji, Why the emoji tongue? was out of line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At Lord William, owned to Maylies and her war cry. Fox and Brambles, owned to Maylies, the red queen of my heart. At Nom de Plume, owned to Rainey's the coronation denier. Democracy Diva, owned to Rainey's for starring in a Beyonce video set in the dragon pit. We stand the queen who always was and always will be. At Unholy Kev, owned to Allison for sending feet pics in Westeros. Selling feet pics, sorry. <laughs> and sending them. <laughs> Geo's reviews, my own goes to fucking Rhaenyra's Targaryen, the queen who should have been. At Jason Aiden, my own to Rhaenys and her entrance coming in on her dragon wearing that armor. I think I know how Sir Laris felt a minute ago. <laughs> oh my god, Jason. I mean, one's a lot easier to get, though. Right. Just feet with their socks off. I know. That's way easier than that. <laughs> Um, on that note, Eugene Sampson 11, own goes to season one of GOT where boobs were more fun than foot fetish hand jobs. That's true. <laughs> Darren Swords, in all caps, you guys owns to Maylies and Rainies, enough said. Kelly Brown, say no more. The only own this episode. Own to Team Maylies, Rainies. At Westview, Wanda M, own to Rainies exit from the Sept meeting on Maylies. We stand the queen who never was, but should have been. At the Bear Air for Helena's amazing embroidery work. I did not notice the spider on the first watch. That was so good. And at Little Wolfbird, owned to Rainies for the most powerful restraint in the world. Facebook, y'all. Sarah Towson, owned to Eamon for helping his mother yet again and finding Aegon, even though he would be the better king. Lydia McGavery, owns to Eamon for providing the levity of his delusion and actually believing he's next in line for the throne, LOL. Mon Antony owns for episode nine, The Hangover. Sarah McKinyama owned to Sir Harold Westerling for his tearaway white cloak. Allison isn't the only one with a ah! OnlyFans, apparently. <laughs> Kimberly Davis Rice, my initial thought was Rainey's for breaking free with her heart dragon, Maylies, but I must go a different direction and give my own to Maylies and her trainers. Because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if that were my dragon and I was riding her, she would have roasted everyone and ate them, no matter what I commanded. It <laughs> <laughs> took a twist. Michelle Golden, Rainies. You know it. I know it. The gods know it. Barb Sardiropoulos, owned to Rainies for giving everyone on Hot D a job for a bunch more seasons when she could have ended it all right then. <laughs> Hashtag gotta get those Emmys. 
Jay Fuentes owned to Queen Allison's OnlyFans account, subscriber one. Notice how he wrote only. Mm-hmm. There we go. Oh, there we go. Rochelle Jay. Williams owned to Amon for not murdering Aegon in public when we all know he wanted to. Moving on to Instagram, Curtis Moore owned to the lambs in the crowd herding scene, symbolizing the citizens of King's Landing being led to their slaughter at the dragon pit. For Frodo, gods owned to the small council meeting and the palpable tension. That was some scheming. I agree. That was awesome. They snapped right to attention. Dulce Harjuku owned to my man Beesberry loyal to the end and also Rainies, and also owned to Maylies for looking like the dragon from Shrek in the best way possible. That's true. Like the the hardcore version. <laughs> yeah. You have the cartoon and you have the live action. It's like, whoa. The it's funny. TV throne versus the actual Iron Throne. Jesus. Emily and the Goose owned Masaria for demanding an end to the children fighting and flexing her power to Otto. Riles the Lion owned to Maylies and Rainies, the true queens of Westeros. Mrs. Duncan at all owned to getting petties. You never know how valuable they can be, Winky. And to Maylies and Rainies showing the true red dragon queens in the building. L. Ireland owned to Rainies Valerion and her majestic dragon Maylies for stealing the show. M. Jernigan Art owned to Allison for selling feed picks. Straightforward. And owned to Beesbury for being the real one till the end. Mark's Kaylee, Allison, I have been your puppet, Otto. That's a lie, but even if it wasn't, you're queen, so. <laughs> Victoria Lynn, owned the person in the crowd coughing during the coronation. <laughs> Coach Tucker 726 owned Alaris and his real strong appreciation for the fetishes, or feetsies, sorry, same thing. Flexi Jaybird, owned to sit down, squash, bro, what the fuck, Cole? I gasped, lol. Also owned to Lord Commander leaving. Excuse me. Bye. Emily and the Goose owned to Sir Harold Westerling for demanding Crispy's cloak and peacing out. All right, everybody. The last own for this episode. Coming in from Flexi Jaybird again. Owned to dot, dot, dot. This whole series making me freak out. Where do I even start? Ah. <laughs> that is so true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for sending in your owns. Thank you for tweeting at us, for DMing us on Instagram, for writing us on Facebook. You can find us by searching for Game of Owns. One more Sunday. One more Sunday. This has been really fun, though. I cannot believe we've got our last Sunday coming up. I'm going to miss it. Me too. Man. Remember what purpose felt like? We'll be thinking back to this time. (laughs) Something worth bringing us all together. Man, it's been so much fun. Eurovision's lost its charm. Let's step it up this week. Let's Let's make some great memes. Let's tweet some hilarious pics. Let's make fun of Kristen Cole. Oh my God, Let's just like drag it out as much as we can because we've only got a few days left. So uh, let's get some 2K22s in there. Ghost Kills Ollie 2K16, anybody? Or was it 2K15? I think, <laughs> I it, think, it, I think it was, it was Ghost Kills Ollie 2K15. Either way. It's insane. Uh, let's get some. We're, on, we're about to hit 23, too. And I think the next time we're going to hit 24. Stop. I'm not saying. I'm not saying. So Sunday night is the last episode. I'm having a freaking blast. But I'm going to be sad. I know. Okay. I have so many mixed emotions. So we'll see, we'll you, see you online on Sunday. on Sunday and then after the episode. Bye.